Welcome to Eco Living, a podcast about ways to reduce your impact on the earth, from cutting your greenhouse gas emissions to minimizing land and water use. I'm Adam Weiss. Eco Living is a co-production of Narara Eco Village and the Narara Eco Living Network, and is based at our demonstration Eco Village outside of Sydney, Australia. With Sustainable House Day happening here at the Eco Village and across Australia in March, I wanted to focus this episode on one type of sustainable house that we have several of here at the Eco Village, a straw insulated home. Straw has been used for insulation for all of human history, but that doesn't mean that a straw insulated house has to look or feel like it was made using old technology. My guest today has been involved in building dozens of straw insulated homes, including a number here at the Eco Village. Sam Vivers is the founder of Viva Homes, and Viva specializes in straw insulated construction. I do want to say that Viva Homes was a sponsor of our Eco Village Experience Weekend, and we really appreciate that. If you missed our previous weekends, we have another Experience Weekend coming up in the second half of April. Visit our website to learn more about it. Okay, back to Viva. The company now makes prefabricated straw insulated panels that can cut weeks off of the construction time for a sustainable home and cut a big chunk off the cost as well. Sam is here to talk about why straw bale and straw panel construction is his choice for building a healthy, comfortable, and sustainable home. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, Adam. Great to be here. So before we get into the specifics of how and why you would do this, can you just give us a bit of an overview of straw for insulation and how that's evolved over the past few hundred thousand or million years? (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess um, one fundamental that people should know is that air is actually a great insulator, and that's, that's, that's the element we're looking at. And air has to be stable. It can't be moving. Otherwise, we'd be very warm or cool sitting where we are. So the idea of straw is it's lots of tubes full of air. So heat has, takes a long time moving from one to the other. So straw is a really good element for creating that insulation and stopping the heat flow, not the airflow, but the heat flow between two spaces. And that's the way most insulation works, right? You're trying to trap the air because air is actually the thing that does most of the insulation in insulation. You just need a, a safe and eco-friendly, in your case, way to trap that air. Yes, and that, that's the thing. There are really great insulators out there that are made by humans, um, polystyrene, those sorts of things, fiberglass bats. But there are environmental costs associated with these. So straw being a byproduct, or some people call it a waste product, of cereal farming, we, we use that, and um, that, that way we can really reduce the impact and the carbon emissions from, from these buildings. And as I said at the beginning, straw has been used for insulation basically forever since we've had buildings, right? Yeah, that's right. And um, it really came, I guess, into its own as a building material in the late 1800s with the development of the horse-drawn baling machine. So out in the uh, plains of America where there weren't many trees, I guess someone looked at a straw bale that, that had been produced by this method and thought, well, it looks like a large brick. And then they just started building homes and then they realized the benefits of that, although they didn't really understand things like thermal mass and what insulation do. It was just the um, available materials that made it work. And that type of straw bale home basically used the bales as bricks. They stacked them up and then they coated with something and put a roof on and that was the house, right? That's right, yeah. And it was what was called a load-bearing technique where the, the weight of the roof was borne by the bales, which is a less common way of doing it uh, these days, we, we built our first one that way, and we haven't really built any proper residential ones since. But it's def- definitely a legitimate way to build the buildings. It's just a lot easier for engineers to understand timber and steel holding roofs up rather than straw. So 
with your more modern straw insulated homes, you're basically building the frame of a house that you would build for any other type of insulation and then using straw for the insulating material. In essence, yes. The The caveat on that is you have to accommodate these large blocks of straw, which wouldn't fit into a normal frame quickly or comfortably. So the frames are designed around the straw in our standard straw bale homes that we've spent the last 20 years building. We built large open frames and then stacked the straw in those and then rendered the straw, as you mentioned. On the outside, we typically use lime renders and internally typically use lime, but more more common earth renders because they create better air quality and those sorts of things. And I actually lived in a straw bale house for the first year that I lived at the Eco Village. And we were just so surprised at how consistent the temperature was inside. Even in the winter, if we wanted some fresh air on a cold day, we could open the windows and it didn't cool down that much inside the house. So it really does have a massive insulation property, although the walls were quite thick. Yeah, definitely. And the thing that you, you've pointed about there is the consistency in temperature relies on two things. It relies on a very well insulated envelope around the house and then also a more dense material inside the house, a thermal mass, they call it, within the house. And that stores heat a, a little bit like a hot water bottle in winter or the converse, a cold water bottle in summer. So that regulates the heat inside while you're wrapped in like a doona or a, or a blanket of some kind through the winter. Yeah, and I've seen for myself how well that works. What got you into this kind of construction? I heard about it 30 years ago when I was at university. I, some, it was mentioned by someone I knew and it just sort of resonated with me and I didn't become a builder till about 20 years after that. And then decided that this might be a good way to go and I react quite sensitively to chemicals and it made sense because the building industry is full of those so yeah it just seemed like a logical progression for me and you know through this I developed an interest in the environment and looking after it and you know that would all just seemed a natural progression. It's interesting that you seem to have gotten involved with it from a a personal health and building health perspective before the environmental perspective. So talk about how the natural materials are beneficial to the inhabitants and not just to the environment, maybe a little. Okay, so one of the benefits of earth renders, um, and, and to a slightly less degree lime renders, is they breathe and essentially it takes in humidity and then releases it. And therefore, the levels of humidity are kept at a healthy level somewhere between 40 and 60% humidity as a general rule is, is what it keeps within the room. And there are certain studies that have shown that at that level, it suppresses airborne bacteria, it can suppress to a degree volatile organic compounds in the air. And they don't know the exact reasons for this, but it seems to be a very healthy environment for, for humans to live in. So you went from building with straw bales to begin with to straw panels that your company now manufactures and delivers on site. So can you talk about how you've made that transition and what the differences between the two building methods are? Yeah, for us, it seemed a logical transition. Um, the The building industry, well, between 2018 and 2023, it's estimated prefabrication is going from 3% of the building industry in Australia to 15%. So that's a fair increase. And we wanted natural building to be part of that evolution because it's very expensive to build on site, labour costs, weather delays, um, there's a lot of waste created on site. So it seemed logical for us if we could combine prefabrication and natural building, that, that would be a way forward for natural building because it's, I guess, an ultimate dream of ours to have natural building in a lot of houses. 
and potentially for people not to even realise. You know, they, they live in this beautiful, healthy, comfortable house and they don't have to know that it's made from wheat straw or rice straw or something like that. So it seemed a natural progression and it's taken a lot of work to get here. There's The building legislations are getting stricter and stricter, which is a really good thing, but it's also quite inhibitive for alternative building methods like, like straw bale. It's interesting that you say that somebody wouldn't even have to know that they were living in a house made of this. When I've seen some of your straw panel homes that we do have here at the village compared to some of the straw bale homes, the straw panel homes look a lot more normal, for lack of a better word. They have thinner walls. They don't seem to be that different from the house next door that may have a more traditional construction. So how's the performance difference between that wall that's you know three times as thick and the panel wall? Yeah, well, with the thinner walls, there is less insulation. We did make the decision consciously about that because we wanted people to maybe have plans for a what we call a brick veneer house or a double brick house and then have the option to convert straight to a straw house. So the sacrifice is in insulation. Like our R values are slightly different to the R values in the US because we're done on a metric system and they're done on imperial but our values of a straw bale wall with the bales on their edge, the narrow way is 7.2. With our panels, they're just under R4, but they're still far superior to a normal brick veneer house, which usually has a maximum R value of about 2 or 2.5. So, yeah, there was that conscious decision to narrow them down, make them more cost-effective, more manoeuvrable, but still have them with the natural materials. And I guess... One of the things by our own calculations is that the carbon emissions are about zero when the, when the panels leave our factory. That's pretty impressive. About that environmental impact, I assume that using less material overall and making thinner walls has some environmental benefits. I guess that all of this is tremendously better than synthetic or highly manufactured insulation. Do you have some comparisons there? Obviously, zero is great, but how bad is a normal house? Well, one of the comparisons I've heard is you can build a straw bale house and drive 500,000 kilometres or build a standard house in Australia and you use about the same energy. So I guess that in layman's terms, that's probably one way of looking at it, that, that there is a lot of energy used to build conventional buildings. And being natural materials, I'm sure there are pros and cons to this. I won't make a three little pigs joke, but how do straw bale and straw panel houses handle storms and wind and pests and those kind of things that are maybe engineered into other construction methods? And you'd have to, I assume, come up with workarounds in this case. Yeah. And we just have to work with the materials we've got. Um, there's, there's an old straw bale sailing, you need a good hat, a good coat and good boots. So you don't want to build it way down near a river. Um, with no airflow and, and very small eaves, very small roof overhang as such. So usually we design with long eaves, which also helps with the solar passive gain. Um, the outside's rendered with a lime render, and we do put a breathable sealer over that, which still lets moisture flow in and out. And we do have to be careful. We don't want to run our straw down to ground level where moisture can potentially you know, ingress into the walls. So it's all about design and the way we use materials. I know in the US they still do a fair bit of earth render on the outside, but we don't like rendering that much that we want to come back and patch it. So we've there are houses in Nevada with lime render in the US that are over 100 years old. So we know that you know, with maintenance, these, these places will hold up and it doesn't need much maintenance. We've done houses over 20 year old and we haven't had to go back and do any maintenance on the external renders. And what about the you know moisture handling properties of the interior of the wall 
to make sure that I assume you want to make sure no mold ends up there and those kind of things. And also that pests can't get in because there are lots of things that like to eat straw. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some of the questions are like mice um, and, and fire, which we can touch on later too. But there is no cavity in the walls. There's nowhere for the, the, the rodents as such to live. They can't come down from the roof like they can in a normal cavity wall. Uh, and they can't really enter through the renders because they're too compact and dense. So there's really no space once they're rendered for the mice to live. When we used to build straw bale houses on site, mice would live in them before we rendered them. But once they were rendered, there was no problem. In fact, one house we did in a suburb down near Canberra, there was a mouse plague and a lot of the surrounding houses suffered. But the finished straw bale house that we did had no problems with rodents. So in some ways, there is an advantage there. Is that because the straw is so compressed once you put it into the wall? Yeah, the straw is compressed and the and the rend is very dense and it's at least 20 to 40 mil thick. So it's very hard for anything to get through that and, and access it. And, you know, the grain's eaten out of it or, or harvested out of it before it gets to the house. So there's no huge amounts of grain in the straw for the rodents to attack. Now, you mentioned fire, and I guess that that's one of people's big thoughts about any kind of material like this. So how do they handle fire, both from a bushfire perspective, fire from the outside, and any kind of structure fire as well? How would a straw bale house perform compared to, say, a normal timber frame house? Very well. We, we've had this, I'll touch on this in a minute, we've had personal experience with clients trying to burn our house down. Um, but for the, the older people, we could say it's a bit like burning a telephone book for younger people. Let's imagine a big thick book, <laughs> try and burn that. You rip one page out, it burns very quickly. And it's the same with grabbing a handful of straw and throwing it on a fire. But you throw a straw bale on a fire, it's like throwing a dense manual on the fire. You know, there's no oxygen inside and it takes a long time for the fire to actually catch in that in that book. So having said that, yeah, once it's a light, it'll stay a light. So yeah, they're it, it's incredibly fire resistant. We've built them in the highest bushfire zones here in Australia called Flame Zone. Um, and we're currently doing some more testing with the CSIRO here to to redo that and take it up to in different different flame zones in domestic and residential conditions as well. And I suppose just about any structure will burn if you put enough heat to it. So it sounds like yours perform as well or better than homes that other people would build. Tell us about the clients that tried to set one on fire and what happened. Okay, so there was a fire installed and it was basically uh, a metal drum laid on its side and with a chimney out the top and a door on it. And there was no heat shield built into it and it was closed right next to the straw wall. And one night they noticed a bit of smoke in the air. Um, long story short, they caught the, called the fire brigade and the fire brigade aimed the heat gun at the wall and they said there's no, there's no fire, fire in there. So the owner pulled the skirting board out a little bit and a little puff of smoke came out. So they said, okay, we get your point. And they started to pull the wall apart. It took them a while to do it. And they found that the timber uprights, that were one timber upright that was near the fire, had actually charred right through. But the straw next to it was unaffected. It was slightly charred but still intact. The fiery said this could have been smouldering for three or four days. They said if it was a brick veneer house, you would have had five or six minutes before you had to get out. So... The, the, the heat affected the timber frame. It didn't catch on fire as such, but it slowly charred through. So it's a very slow burn with, with the straw bale. And um, yeah, with the renders on each side, that adds value to the fire resistance as well. So I guess the moral there is don't start a fire in your lounge room, but if you do, you have more time to get out than your neighbor might. Exactly right. And um, you have to build fires and install them according to the manufacturer's specifications or you may have problems. 
All right. So if someone is interested in having a house like this, what's the process of actually designing and building it when you're using straw panels or when you're using straw bale compared to a traditional timber frame with, say, polystyrene or fiber insulation? Well, with any house, I think design's the most important thing, whether you use natural materials or not. So you've got to allocate where your thermal mass materials go, your heavy, dense materials inside the house, and where your insulative materials go, which is outside. Specifically for straw bale, we're always designed to save cost according to the straw bale size. Imagine you're building with Lego blocks and they've got to fit in under an existing roof. You don't want to spend a lot of time cutting your Lego blocks. So that, that is quite crucial and that will save a lot of time and a, a lot of money. Um, as far as the panels go, we're much more flexible because we put the roof on once the panels are up. So we can design sloped panels, different thickness panels, windows, wherever we want them, so long as it's still solar passive. So they're, they're slightly different in the design there, but the basic solar passive principles are what you really have to adhere to. So it sounds like if you're using the panel type construction, you could design your house as if you would design another passive solar house and then just implement it using your panels versus any other kind of construction where with the straw bale, you want to take the blocks into account when figuring out the height and depth and width of all the pieces. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. You have to be very clear that what you're building it with. Yep. So the panels themselves are a prefabrication technology. You're not building them on site. You're building them somewhere else and delivering them. Yep. How much time does this save? We've seen a house go up here pretty quickly with your panels. Like, What, what are you talking about in terms of building time with this kind of construction versus maybe straw bale or even just a regular timber frame house built on site? Well, yeah, with our straw bale houses, it used to take us three months to get what we call lock-up, which is the roof on, the walls are up, the windows are in. Uh, with our panels, we can do that in three weeks. Uh, that's from laying the slab to, to fully locked up. The panels themselves, we install in one day. We'll get a truck with a crane on it. Or we'll get a truck and a separate crane and have all the panels installed in one day in a typical house and sometimes less. So that's the difference in speed for us. It's a massively faster process. So the actual wall elements, there's not a lot of difference in price, but at the whole building process, the waste management, the time management, losses due to wet weather, or is all saved in the panels. So it sounds like basically you pour the slab, get that all ready, the walls go up in one day and then you start the roof the next day. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You make sure all your roof elements are on site, ready to go. So when the panels go up, you're, you're almost ready to put your roof frame straight on. So does it take a specialized team to install this on site once you've brought the panels in on a truck? Look, anyone can do it with the right instruction. At this stage, we go and install them. We find we can do it much faster and more efficiently. We are looking at training teams up to do that, but if someone's feeling adventurous, certainly it's just a matter of bolting some steel down to the slab and dropping the panels over the top. So, so long as they're installed to the engineer's specifications, then absolutely it's easy to do. So just to wrap up, if someone is considering building with straw bale or straw panels, maybe after listening to this podcast, what would you recommend that they do first in, in their exploration and planning process? I think the most important thing to do especially if you're going to build with straw bales, is do a workshop where someone's building a house and do a course where someone can train you. So with this type of building, you don't know what you don't know. And whatever money you spend on a course or a workshop, you'll save 10 times that in simple one simple stroke of the pen. Okay, we won't put round windows in or we won't put a sloped wall in. Those sorts of things, they're all doable. They're just very expensive 
techniques to put into a straw bale house. With the straw panels, I guess you've got to consider similar things like sloped walls will be more expensive, round windows will be more expensive. Square structured and I guess right angles are cheaper in any type of building and the same is true for straw bale. But certainly do your research, ask the questions, learn what questions to ask and then ask them and don't necessarily believe everything you hear straight away. Just keep doing your research, but get some hands-on practice. And do you have any resources that you'd suggest for people who want to learn about this building technique and also how they can learn about Viva? Yeah, well, I, I guess you could go to our website and get some information there, um, vivalivinghomes.com.au. Um, you can go there and look at our website and there are frequently asked questions on that. We're going through a revamp of the website in the next few months, so that that will change and hopefully a little bit, bit more comprehensive than it is now. We do offer courses. Uh, there are other people in Australia who offer courses. There is a straw bale building course being offered in Victoria at the end of April. So we do get international people over here running courses and a lot of people do run courses. And there are websites, the Australian Straw Bale website, which do have people who are building their own homes where people can go and do workshops. And that will definitely add to your knowledge. And as much as to learn what not to do as to learn what to do. We can definitely include links to some of those sites and to your website on the page for this podcast, along with some books and other resources that you can share with me afterwards. Thank you very much for being on. And I think that we'll see more of your homes here and more of your homes around Australia soon. Thanks, Adam. And thanks to all of you listeners for being here too. To learn more about the conversation you just joined us for, visit our Eco Living Podcast website at ecolivingpodcast.com. If you want to learn about Narara Eco Village and Eco Village Living, visit nararaecovillage.com. That's N-A-R-A-R-A ecovillage.com. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our feed to get all of our episodes for free. And feel free to send the link or the audio file to anyone who you think might enjoy it or learn something from it. Hopefully both. We have all of the links you need to subscribe to or share the show on the website. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiss.